0: Let's take our Bibles today and open them to the New Testament book of Galatians, the New Testament book of Galatians. I want to speak specifically today to those of you that are uh, watching online. It's uh, a little bit of a different scene for others that would be on property on the Sunday of this weekend. And that's because if you are on property today, you would be in an outdoor service. And so, taking some time before that outdoor service this week, and uh, bringing to you the message that those here on Sunday will also hear. But truth be known, if you were uh, here outdoors right now while I'm talking, you would be here in a major rainstorm. Now we're we're counting on that being gone by Sunday. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. On property, Another thing that you would find if you were right here with me uh, is that I'm surrounded, uh, whether you can see it or not, I am surrounded by a construction zone and that's because of what happens in this place once every year. Vacation Bible School is coming full speed at us uh, and uh, we transform our property for Vacation Bible School. This worship center that we preach in every week will have a completely different set and uh, it'll, it'll look like the theme of Bible school. But that construction is going on right now. So a lot of things different than what maybe you're experiencing where you're listening to this message or where you're sitting and watching this message. But um, we are doing the same message that those outdoors We'll hear uh, on Memorial Day weekend. I, I want to continue with you today to talk about what we're calling in the month of May our re-series. Uh, the re-series is taking four weeks of May and taking single words and putting the same prefix in front of each one of those. It's the prefix R-E. That prefix takes a word and changes it and makes whatever you're talking about mean something you're doing again. Something uh, that is happening uh, for the second time or the third time or the fourth time. It's It's to do again. And what I'm doing in these messages in a lot of ways is saying some things that we've probably heard before. We're saying some things that we have done before. We're uh, bringing back in front of us in these days some things from God's Word that we feel like we all need to hear together. Uh, The reason for that is is that there's a lot of new people that are connected to our church since these things have been said. Also, there's uh, a lot of us, like me, that maybe can just be forgetful. And, and God would use these messages to uh, help us hear again what He wants to say and what we need in our life. And so, in a lot of ways, what we're doing during the month of May is, is like this picture I've used before of spring training. And we're, we're hoping new people uh, are able to get in their place We're hoping uh, older players on the team are able to get in shape. We're hoping that all players together are able to get on the same page. Um, If you used a, a, a farming metaphor, what we're talking about is that we're planting the same seed again that we've planted in the past, looking forward to a great harvest in the weeks ahead. But we can't get down the road in the life of our church and expect to see fruit from what we've done or a harvest from what we've done if we haven't done anything, if we haven't been obedient to God's word. And so we're sowing the seed and unapologetically saying some things that we've said before. We started this series talking about the word remind and we want to remind ourselves to be encouraged. To not let the enemy discourage us. To keep doing good because in due season we will reap if we don't give up, if we don't faint. And then we took some time to talk about reviewing something. And we reviewed a message from a few years back where we talked about prayer. And we made a fresh call to prayer. We want to stay encouraged. We want to be a prayerful people. A prayerful people. And then last week we took the word uh, "remember," and basically said, "Hey, I want to remember you. Uh, you consider yourself a church member, uh, a part of a local church where you are. You may be connected to Watkinsville, and we're saying let's let's talk about what it means when we're added to the number of believers. What does it look like when we are connected to a family of faith?" What does it look like to be the the bride of Christ? And right here locally especially, we said, here's what it means to be a member. I hope you might go back and listen to that message if you haven't already. It's so critical for every one of us to be on the same page, in the same playbook, uh, knowing what it is that God would have us be as a church. Today, I want to use a fourth word, and it's the word "re." Commission. I want to recommission you. Jesus Christ has commissioned all of us to go and make disciples and to teach them all things that He has commanded. He commissioned us in Acts 1 8 before uh, He ascended to heaven and said, You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I love that what we call the great commission in matthew 28 because he says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and then he says therefore go therefore go and make disciples he commissioned us today i want to recommission us why is that well this particular message stands on the weekend that many of us would identify as being the beginning of summer. Now, technically, on a calendar, it falls on a different day. But in our schedules, when we're thinking about Memorial Day, we think summer is here. And in Watkinsville, that has one major characteristic. Maybe you're listening in a different place. Maybe it's like this. Maybe it's not like this. But I know what it means for Watkinsville, and that is we are a going people. We are a going people. And already, in many conversations that I've been a part of over the last couple of weeks, somewhere in that conversation, people have said, Are you going anywhere this summer? Is your family planning to go anywhere this summer? And it, it's just a big part of our culture, a big part of our life. As wonderful as Watkinsville is, we're a going people. So, today, as we think about going over these next couple of months of summer, I want you to go in the right way. Not go the right way. I, I don't know where you're going to be going but wherever you're going we all can go in the right way and I want to recommission us I want us to here's, here's the sermon in a sentence we must go with Jesus to go in the right way we must go with Jesus to go in the right way and, and to go with Jesus, I, I'm going to explain what that looks like in, from this passage of Galatians, but really what we're talking about is that as we go, Jesus goes with us. We don't leave him in Watkinsville. We don't leave him on Simonton Bridge Road. We don't leave him on this property or in this room. We don't leave him at home. Jesus goes with us because we believe Jesus is living in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so as we go with Jesus, he's going to come up. He's going to be involved in our Going, He's going to be in our conversations. He's going to be in our leisure. He's going to be in our vacation. He's going to be on, in, our, in our lives and with us as we go, if we go in the right way. So today, as we think about going with Jesus, there's this passage in Galatians 5 that brings together what it looks like for Jesus to go with us it's what we look like it's it's how we can be identified let's look together as we think about recommissioning for our going this summer I want to read not all of Galatians 5 but just some verses and then speak to those first of all Galatians 5 verse 1 For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And then verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do, that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And then listen here to chapter 6 verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now the context of these verses let me, let me lay that out just a minute here for us. You think back over what I've just read. We hear the Apostle Paul talking about freedom and slavery. We hear the Apostle Paul talking about love and service. Uh, we hear the Apostle Paul talking about the spirit and the flesh. And then you hear him talking about the cross and being crucified the context of what's freedom and slavery and the spirit and flesh, the context of this letter to the church at Galatia was this. They had heard the good news of Jesus Christ. They had heard the news that Jesus died, that he died to pay for sin, that he was buried, that he rose again, that he ascended to heaven, that he was coming back one day. And the Apostle Paul writes in this letter that when they believe in Jesus, their belief, their faith, they're justified. They're, they're justified when they believe in God's eyes. He said, I, I see you where your sin is taken care of. It's dealt with. It's paid for. It's, it's covered by the work of Jesus Christ. And so the people believe that. They, they have this picture of in their, in their life that they have been uh, justified by the work of Christ, their belief in the work of Christ. And someone comes along then and begins to say to the believers in Galatia that um, I know what you've heard and that's good news, but you need faith and this. You need God's grace and this. You, you can believe in the cross, but there's also got to be this. And there's this addition. And what they tried to do was to bring back in aspects of the law and specifically the act of circumcision. And, and they were saying, okay, you may be saved by grace through faith, but the only way that you're really going to be right with God, the only way you've done enough, is for this act of the law to still be a part of your life. And the Apostle Paul says, false, false, false gospel. In fact, for you to believe that it's Jesus plus anything to be saved, he says, basically nullifies Jesus. It nullifies the work on the cross. And, and, you're, and, and so he, that's the context that he writes into and so as we think about our going over the days ahead think with me about the work of Jesus Christ and I want to exhort you wherever you are listening today as you go through this summer go with Jesus I want to recommission you to go with Jesus what that what does that look like well number one I want to recommission you To celebrate your freedom. I want to recommission you to celebrate your freedom. Now this is Memorial Day. And if you just tuned in to this message. Or you somehow and you're watching and clicking with your remote. You fast forwarded to this particular point. You might say "Here's here's a message about America being free. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a good illustration. This Memorial Day weekend, what we're doing is, we are remembering those who have died so that we can experience freedom in our nation. And Memorial Day is a day that is set aside for us to cease working so that we can celebrate the freedom that we have because others have died for us to have it and that's a beautiful gift and one that we all cherish and we celebrate as being a part of this country but for us today in this message that's a picture of something that will last far longer than the freedom of a single country what we're talking about today is a freedom that lasts for eternity It's a freedom that we have because someone died to purchase that for us. Not a lot of people, but someone. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's death on the cross was a death that atoned for our sin. When we were in slavery to sin and bondage to sin, when our Father was the Father of lies, when we were enslaved to the enemy and his ways and the, and the sinful chains of our heart Jesus died and he died to pay for that sin and when we believe in him, when we trust that his death on the cross paid for our sins that faith in Jesus Christ by that faith in Jesus Christ we are Justified. We're justified by faith. We're justified by this work that Jesus Christ has done for us. And the Apostle Paul starts Galatians 5 by saying, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He says, don't put yourself back in a place where you feel like you have to work to be able to earn your freedom. You don't sit, don't put yourself back in a place where you feel like there is laws that you have to keep in order to be reconciled with God or to be right with God. When we work for God's approval, when we work for God's acceptance, we are nullifying the sufficiency of the cross of Christ to set us free from the penalty and bondage of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 has been a memory verse for us this year. It tells us that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that through him we may become the righteousness of God. When we believe in Jesus Christ, his righteousness is credited to our account. Our debt of sin is paid in full. There's nothing else we can do to pay for our sin. We are set free. We're set free. And the Apostle Paul calls us to celebrate this freedom. You know what it's like to be in school and have tests and have papers and have assignments and get grades and those grades be judged, or th- those papers be judged or graded, and you get your grade, and sometimes you pass, and sometimes you fail, sometimes you do good, sometimes you do okay. Most of you listening right now would also know what it means to graduate. And when you graduate, what happens? All of those tests are over, all of those exams are over. Everything is completed and done. You have finished the course. You've finished the grade. In our salvation, salvation is our graduation day. Uh, Salvation for us means that Jesus Christ has done it all. He's paid it all. He's taken care of it all. He's covered it all. And his his excellent grade is applied to our account. We're free. And I want to commission you, I want to recommission you to go into this summer celebrating your freedom in Christ. Number two, I want to recommission you to serve one another. Now, what's the... What's the connection? Why would I go from celebrating freedom to serving again? I mean, like, Pastor, you you gave us like two seconds there to celebrate freedom, and you're already talking about serving again. That's the way the Apostle Paul writes it here in this passage. He says in verse 13, For you were called to freedom. Celebrate your freedom. That's what Jesus has done. We're called to that freedom only. Only. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Here's what was going on. As the people heard the message of the gospel, and then they heard the law added to that, Paul comes along, and he takes the law out of that. And the immediate thought would be, well then, if there are no rules, if there are no laws to keep, and I'm free, I can do whatever I want to do, and it's never going to matter. And here's what God's Word is saying. He's saying, look, don't let your freedom become the basis. Don't let your freedom become the opportunity for you to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And and what he calls us to, he says, what what real freedom is is not freedom to fulfill the desires of the flesh. What real freedom is is loving others. It's kind of a paradox. it's, It's God knowing how we're made, how we work, how we honor him and Christ he says only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another when we talk about freedom in Christ we're talking about being free to serve being freed to serve we're free because of what's been done, and what's been done is our sins have been paid for, our debt has been paid for, the chains of sin has the chains of sin has been broken, and He's freed us from having to do something for ourselves, to being able to do something for others. It's interesting when you look at the lives of people who serve in some way. The most joyful servants are those that serve others from freedom instead of obligation. Let me say that again. The most joyful servants are those that serve others from freedom instead of obligation. You see, service is going to be a drudgery if we believe we're serving to earn something. But serving is going to be a joy if we're serving because we've received something. And what we've received is the payment for our sin. We've received the atonement of Christ. We've received the work of Jesus credited to our account. Jesus' death was an act of serving. Mark 10, 45 says, Jesus came... Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the picture of genuine freedom in Christ is going to be developed through acts of love. You're you're going to know your freedom. You're going to celebrate your freedom. The way you celebrate your freedom is by serving others in relationships when you serve others what you're doing is celebrating your freedom I want to recommission you this summer to go with Jesus and to go with Jesus means that you're going celebrating your freedom serving others what happens when serving others is not our motive he tells us he says you shall love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another watch out that you're not consumed by one another when we serve out of obligation or we serve to satisfy self what happens is is we wind up turning on others and devouring them and what a picture what a tragic picture that we see in our own world where people Devour one another. This picture of biting and devouring and consuming one another, those Greek words in verse 15 were the exact Greek words that were be that would be used to describe two wild animals fighting each other to their death. And if you if you had to use a word to describe two wild animals that you saw fighting until one of them was dead you would use the same Greek words that are here describing what happens between people when they don't serve one another in love and how we need to celebrate our freedom in Christ by serving one another in love number three I want to recommission you to walk by the Spirit. I want to recommission you to walk by the Spirit. As you go into this summer, in just a moment, you'll turn off this message. You'll get up in your house or you'll get off the lawnmower or you'll finish your walk or you'll finish your drive, however you're listening to this message. And I want to to recommission you as you go to walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? That means the Spirit becomes your guide. You've had a guide before. You go to see something this summer, maybe you, you go rafting. If you want to know, if you want to take it all in and get everything there is from that rafting trip, you'll have a guide. You'll go to a trail, you'll have a guide. You go to a museum, you'll have a guide. You go to an amusement park, you'll have in your hand a guide. And, and he's saying, as we go into our life, we need to walk by the Spirit. We need, we need to let the Spirit of God guide us. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That comes right after this commission to, to, to serve one another. And he says, if, you're, if your flesh is wanting something else other than loving others or serving others, then what you got to do is walk by the Spirit. And then you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. The greatest evidence of Spirit walking is in our relationships toward others. That's where it shows up. Spirit, walking by the Spirit doesn't show up sitting alone in our house, in our chair, drinking our coffee with nobody else around. Walking by the Spirit shows up in our relationships toward others when we're interacting with people. All of those one another statements in the New Testament come into play. Those statements like love one another and pray for one another and bear for one another and prefer one another and forgive one another and honor one another. Just on and on and on. Those one another statements, it takes us walking by the Spirit to do those things with one another. When we're walking by the Spirit, we're thinking about others over self. When we're walking by the flesh, we think about, we think about, me, we think about self. When you think about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about walking by the Spirit, walking by the Holy Spirit. Do you know the, 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 the great greatest work of the Holy Spirit? When you, when you look at the great work of the Holy Spirit, what is His role in the triune Godhead? His role is to illumine Jesus Christ. His role is to exalt Christ. His role is to point people to Christ. And and you see this work of the Spirit, not, not calling attention to Himself, the work of the Spirit was to point people to Jesus Christ. Hear me, was to point people to someone else when we walk by the spirit his work in us is pointing us toward others well this passage that we read about the spirit shows us what the spirit filled what fruit the spirit filled life bears but it also shows us what fruit the flesh fueled life produces if we're walking by the Spirit, we're going to produce the fruit of love and joy and peace. Patience, kindness, and goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But if we're fueled by our flesh, there's a whole different list. There's a whole different kind of fruit. And he lists those out. And you know, when you when you read these, by the time you get to the end of the list, it just you just feel like you've read something bad, don't you? And, and he's saying, look at, look at our life and see. If you're walking by the Spirit, here's what it looks like. If you're walking by the flesh, here's what it looks like. The heartache and pain that our world has experienced over the last several days, or at least uh, even... The heartache and pain our world's experienced in the last few days, or you could say the heartache and pain that our world has seen revealed to it in the last few days, is exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about the fruit of the flesh. I mean, you just look at it. Divisions, dissensions, fits of anger, jealousy sexual immorality, sensuality. I mean, the the list is there. Sorcery, enmity, strife. The headlines that have rocked our worlds, our little individual worlds or our small corporate worlds, those headlines tied right back to the fruit of satisfying the desires of the flesh. And that's why I want to Recommission us as believers in Jesus Christ to walk by the Spirit. Number four, I want to recommission you to boast in the cross. I want to recommission you to boast in the cross. This is a strange boast, isn't it? To think about boasting in something that kills, boasting in something so gruesome as the cross. But when the Apostle Paul speaks about his life, he says, far be it from me, verse 14, for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me. Here's how we boast in the cross. Number one, when we're boasting in the cross, what we're doing is acknowledging our need Boasting in the cross means we're, we're acknowledging, we're admitting, I deserve the cross. My sins have a payment. My sins separated me from God. And boasting in the cross means somebody went there and paid for my debt. Someone went there and died in my place. Number two, boasting in the cross means that we count ourselves crucified. We count ourselves crucified. Back a few pages in Galatians, the Apostle Paul is writing in this passage. And, uh, in, um, he says earlier in, in Galatians chapter 2, he says that the, the good news of Jesus Christ Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Galatians 2, 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I died with Christ. That's what it means to boast in the cross. Number three, to boast in the cross also means to live to proclaim it. We believe that the cross is our life, it's our hope, it's the way that we can live forever. We're boasting in the work that took place on the cross. We live to proclaim this good news. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Paul was writing, he says, Verse 17, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. He said, we we have this commission to, to speak of Christ, to tell of Christ. That's boasting in the cross. And number four, to boast in the cross means to call others to the cross. We believe the cross is so awesome, so important, so critical... That we want others to come to the cross where Jesus died. We want them to know of the work that Jesus did for them. We want them to believe so they can have life. And I close with this. Someone said, when writing, write the book you want to read. When writing, write the book you want to read. Well, I turn that just a little bit and I say, today I'm preaching the sermon I need to hear. When I think about the next couple of months over the summer, and just in my own prayer time, Lord, what do I need to know? What do I need to hear? What do I need to see from your word? And it's like the Spirit of God has said, Carlos, I want to recommission you to celebrate your freedom, to serve others, to walk by the Spirit, and to boast in the cross. And let me give you these action steps. These are things that I believe the Spirit of God is saying to me that I need to do to follow through on celebrating the freedom that I have, boasting in the cross, walking by the Spirit, serving others. Number one, here's what I believe we all need to do this summer. We need to start our days with Jesus. Start our days with Jesus. Not Instagram, not TikTok, not Twitter not the newspaper, not the mail. Start our days with Jesus this summer. Number two, we need to clean up our life. Probably a lot of cleanup projects going on around your home this weekend on Memorial Day, headed into the summer. Can I exhort you today? Can I recommission you today? If we're going to walk by the Spirit, we need to clean up the impurity in our life. We need to evaluate, search, and see if we've slipped anywhere. If we've let anything in. If we've become cold and callous or numb to things of the flesh. And, and, And we need to invite the Holy Spirit to search us and try us. And see if there's any unclean thing in our life. Number three, we need to give Jesus credit in our conversations. To think about how you realize we can sometimes we go days and days and days without ever giving Jesus credit for anything going on in our life. And I want to recommission you this summer to make much of Jesus in your conversations. It shows up in gratitude. Just talking to somebody, just saying, say, so, hey, how are you doing? I'm, do, I'm doing awesome. Jesus has been so good to me. What a simple statement, but it says something to your heart, says something to their heart, and it says something to his heart. If we'll give Jesus credit in our conversations. Number four, do something for someone else every day. Do something for someone else every day. Celebrate your freedom by serving others. Number five, pray for one person. Listen, I want to recommission you this summer to pray for one person to come to church with you and to come to Jesus through you. In essence, I'm asking you, who's your one? Who's your one? I'm recommissioning you to consider who's your one. And so pray for one person to come to church with you and for one person to come to Jesus through you. Imagine sowing this kind of seed all summer long. What kind of harvest we might experience come fall. Let's pray together. Father, today, would you, by your authority, recommission our souls, to celebrate our freedom serve others, to walk by the Spirit, and to boast in the cross so that your name would be great. You would bring about a great harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.